0: Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at Insightla.org. We're talking today about connection. <laughs> <laughs> and and being mindful of this connection in, in our life and are we moving towards a separation or moving towards a greater connection mm-hmm. so it's important to kind of see the things in our life that bring us uh, more connection and, and to be aware of things that bring us you know, into a more state of, of separateness in Buddhism they have this really bad word that they've translated you know, the, the word is emptiness. You know, we're, Wendy and I were just at Inside LA uh, at a teacher, I don't know what you call it, I think it a teacher training thing, you know? And uh, just last weekend, and, and Trudy, uh, the founder of Inside LA, she's like, man, that's such a horrible, horrible word, this emptiness. Because even in Buddhist terms, it doesn't mean nothingness. There's definitely something there, you know. And if we look at the more, um, India based school, schools they talk about oneness and fullness and, and uh, yeah this interconnectedness this oneness is much more uh, prevalent and really I like that much better and you know, the, the, the Buddhists they're talking about empty of, of, a, it's of a certain type of imputated existence you know this relative existence uh, really but when we get to the bottom of it, a, a bottom of it it's really full, and it's what is it full with? All the positive qualities of mind, divine bliss, love. You know, We look at the things even uh, that we feel create great separateness, like fear. Fear is self-protection, you know? so, and this is love. Fear is just great love arising. Okay? When we have fear, we're trying to protect something Right, so this is love manifesting. And so I, I think that this, uh, this base of connectedness, we could trace it back to love. We could trace everything back to our sense of wanting to be grounded in more and more love. And then the more that we tie ourselves into this, this loving presence, the more connectedness we're gonna find. You know, I had a situation I'm a, I'm a caregiver for a 90-year-old and I had a situation the other night where she was struggling with something and being that she wasn't asking for help, she was just sitting over there struggling and suffering, I became irritated. Right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of coming from a place of love, I came from a place of irritation. And and I forget exactly what I told her. But, obviously, I was annoyed, you know. I was like, why are you doing this? You know, why aren't you asking for help? And so, instead of coming, instead of, of course, her feeling my love, she was feeling my irritation. So, this caused, in her, agitation. And she said, oh, I'm just a nuisance, you know. You don't need to help me, all this stuff, right. And so, I noticed... The separation that I caused. I felt very separated from her. She was in her own thought process, I was in mine, very disconnected. Right. So I decided, you know, I, I once I recognized this, I kneeled next to her, and then I kind of tuned into that place of love and I explained, you know, actually I want to help you. Being that you do not ask for help makes me frustrated. So I just explained myself, right? And I said, can you please ask for help when you, when you need it so I can help you? Then you know, I gave her a big hug, and, and then we were connected. We were connected again, like that. And so really, it's, it's the waking up to this, because really what I wanted, even from the beginning, I really wanted to, it was out of compassion that I was frustrated, right? And called it wrong compassion. Yeah, that I allowed this become to attachment because I was attached to her feeling good. So we always have to look at when we cross the line between compassion and frang- and frustration and anger, right? There's always that fine line, compassion is great, but then as soon as we get attached to an outcome, then it could drift into anger. So we have to be really, or frustration or something, right? Disappointment. Yeah. We have to be careful of this. So this is the mindfulness part of it. Of wow, you know, am I really creating connectedness here or separation? And I happened upon a article in psychology today, and the the title was Eight Ways to Turn Loneliness into Deep Connection. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of go through them, and we're going to do a, a practice, uh, kind of a universal one from the Tibetan tradition after this. But I thought this was just a, an interesting uh, kind of bullet points to, to work off off of. Now sometimes I feel like I'm reading when I read psychology um, books or articles. I think that I'm just reading Buddhism. Like now, <laughs> it's like they just converted. It's just like okay, we're just going to do Buddhism, I guess. Um, so give the emotion full expression was the first one. So this is this is, you know, basic mindfulness, like when we when we look in with non-judgmental non-judgmental awareness and we look in and we give the emotion full expression. So that means we're allowing it to be as it is. Right? To have full expression. We're not suppressing it. There's no aversion to it. We're allowing it to be as it is. And what are we doing right then? we're connecting to ourselves. Distraction and aversion moves us away from ourselves. And as soon as we move away from something, then we don't have any possibility to nurture it anymore, right? Because now we're pushing away. So the first thing, allow the emotion to have full expression. So let's say my example, I allowed my frustration to have full expression and this is not in an expressive way of acting it out. I want to be clear upon that, right? A full expression like, ah, you know. It's not this. It's to feel it fully, to have an experiential taste of it, allowing it to be as it is, right? And we have to use our wisdom there because sometimes if something's too strong and too heavy... It's actually not wise to sit with it right away, very fully. Sometimes we do need to kind of calm ourselves down in, in other ways that we could label distraction, and that's, with have to use our wisdom there, right? But for the most part, see if we could be with it. The second one was go into silence. <clears throat> to find, to transform this loneliness into connection, is to go into silence, and again... And when we're going into silence, we're actually being with, right? Going into silence and being with ourselves, being with what is here. And our goal here is not just to, you know, run away in a sense of our problems. We're really looking to transform the suffering, to transform our suffering, to learn from it. And the altruistic... View is that if we could learn how to transform our own sufferings, then we could teach others how to do it too. Right? This is like the end goal. Mm -hmm. So all of this, it's like, you know, it's somewhat—it's so easy to run away. I don't know. It's—it's actually—it's actually actually proven not easier. I just read a little thing. I don't know where, but it was that distracting ourselves from our suffering actually causes more suffering Mm -hmm. than being with it. Being with it and acknowledging it is actually, and we know, you know through like a meditation perspective, this is actually a way to complete freedom. But even in, in the moment, actually being with it, being with it, it's really amazing. You know, Feeling like we can love a piece of ourselves that really needs it, so amazing, right? We could be there for ourselves. The third one was engage in mindful meditation. <laughs> All right. paying attention in the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally paying attention in the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally non-judgmentally what a revolutionary thought we don't need to judge anything good, bad, or indifferent we could see it for what it is and it might not be so scary when we really, really look we really investigate the substantiality of it Really, what is it exactly? What are we running from exactly? A thought, an emotion, what are they? When we really investigate them, what are they? Are they as solid as they seem to be? And furthermore, if we really look deep, deep, deep into them, can we find the source of them? And can we really feel experientially that it's really coming from a place of love? See, so if we look deep enough and long enough, We can get to that essence, and then we're just abiding in love itself, right? There's no problem. Everything's arising, abiding, falling back into love itself. But we have to look. If we believe our thoughts right away and judge them right away, then we get caught in our belief of them and never get to really see the essence of them. Taking care of your body was the next one. Turning loneliness to deep connection, taking care of your body. And they talked about how we're disconnected from our bodies. Of course, Buddha, mindfulness of body, was step number one. Taking care of our body, becoming aware of our body. And this could anchor us very deeply with a sense of connection that we're in our body. Just feeling in our body sometimes, right? Sometimes when we're really revved up, just feeling anchored in our body. This is a deep connection, right? Our body is connected to the earth, connected to the elements, right? The wind element is our breath. The water element, and the blood in our body. The earth element, the actual substance, the flesh, the bone of our body, right? So we're connected. This is my favorite one, which is to serve. Want to turn loneliness into connect, connection, serve, right? And what we're, we're, what we're doing is we're connecting with the universala- universality. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Universality. Still does not sound right. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Huh? Salady. 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 Universal- Salady. Universality of suffering right? when, we, when we serve. We, we know that it's so comforting, especially if we're feeling this despair, t- to serve because we're saying, hey, I, I'm meeting you. I know that you might not be having the best time or I'm gonna go out of my way to help somebody else. And and this is a deep, deep, deep connection that we have that we all suffer in some way. And I'm using this very broadly, you know, this suffering is not just catastrophic suffering, but just suffering in daily life of of a social anxiety or, or whatnot. So serving really opens us up to a really deep, deep sense of connection and also meaning purpose right this is a, a great sense of, of happiness connect with nature you know speaking of of the elements we have the beach here and it's just so incredible i love uh, when i get to meditate at the beach cuz it's connection with the elements you know we have we're sitting on the earth i was sitting i was doing i I was sitting sitting uh, meditating at the beach one time, and it was a little bit of a breezy day. and I was sitting there on the earth, and the sun was really warm that day. so I felt fire element on my skin right And then the wind, like I said, it was quite breezy, so the wind was was caressing my skin, right the air element and then. The wind was picking up water from the ocean, and it was sprinkling on my skin. The water element was there, right? And then we have just the consciousness element, just the elements, of, element of being. It was all there. It felt so connected. It was just all there, within, without. Amazing, right? And when we're sitting in nature, we see the interconnectedness of all things. And this is really what we want to feel. We really, and you know, it's interesting in nature that they're connected. You know, concentric rings, you know, this is, this, uh, when we're in, in nature, there's something called concentric rings. I don't know if it, people are familiar with this, but it's when something happens in nature and everyone hears it all around. It, it, it has this concentric ring, one little action really influences everything around it. So if a predator, for example, comes into the area, there's certain birds and certain animals that are actually alert the other Mm -hmm. animals. And they find this very interesting in the natural world because it's very altruistic. Because by actually alarming the other animals, that animal is more susceptible Mm -hmm. to be killed. Yet they're warning all the other animals. Mm -hmm. Just quite interesting. You know, and just another note on the, being altruistic, they did a study with bats, and the bats can only live, I think it's three days, you know, without food. And, and the group's, group of scientists, they took these bats, and uh, there's, a, there's a group of them that they, they took away from the group, so they were malnutritioned. And when they reintroduced them back into the group, the other bats took their own food and started to feed them. Because they knew they were more hungry, which of course, uh, by giving away their own food, they, they were in, in trouble of you know, starving themselves, possibly. Right? <clears throat> so, even then, even in, in bats in that situation, looking for a connection, looking for a connection. The seventh one was practice loving kindness meditation. This is just Buddhism in psychology today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, gonna, we're going to do a, um, a form of a, of a loving kindness meditation together um, in a few minutes. I love this one too. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with yourself. I think for me, this is a great definition of the spiritual path. We're falling in love with ourselves. And to fall in love with ourselves, to fall into unconditional love with ourselves, just like loving somebody else, we have to love all of us. Every nook and cranny. Right? And to do that, it takes great courage. <laughs> it takes great uh It takes some effort, it really takes stability of mind, you know, this thing where concentration comes in, you know, we can't have loving kindness without shamatha, without concentration, right, because we really can't hold the light of our awareness long enough to really see and enlighten all those little aspects of ourself. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Because our mind wants to draw us away all the time, it doesn't really want to look at everything. So we have to sit in the darkness and shine the light on the darkness until everything's illuminated. Right? We have to illuminate everything with attention, and attention is love. Right? As soon as we make something up, let's say we see a negative quality, a negative quality in somebody, and we make a story around it, and we impute that on that person, and that person is just like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every time we see them from now until eternity, they're just like that. Right? We don't give them any opportunity to change and, and, and move right? and become something new. And we do that with ourselves. Oh, I'm just like this. Right? And as soon as we make up that sto- story and we believe it, then we can't really see our true essence again. We forget about the divine love again
1: mm-hmm.
0: in ourselves. So we have to have the stability of mind and meditation to really shine the light on all the different aspects of ourselves until we see it for what it is. You know, that thought or that emotion or that action or that past something, you know. Holding the light on it, see it for what it really is, is another manifestation of love. So, we're going to do a meditation. And this is a, this is a, uh, a very Tibetan meditation. <laughs> It's not. Uh, this is one to. It's kind of a hard one to, to uh, pass on in the West here. But we're going to give it a try anyway, <laughs> okay. and um, because I just I really like the, this uh, this sense of universal connection. They call it seven point mind training, which I love too because the. uh, The mind training is really heart training, and we we would call this in the West we'd call this you know total heart practice, heartfulness, mindfulness, same same, same thing. And so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to to think about the possibility that all beings, traditionally speaking, this is how the instruction goes. If you meditate on the possibility that all beings may have been our mothers in the past. Mm-hmm. And for one, some, you know, some of us in this culture, even thinking that the mother was kind and loving and all that doesn't really work. So sometimes people are like, I don't want to visualize people as my mother. <laughs> in, in, like, in a kind way or something. So I'll kind of go into things that you can morph this for, for to work for you. But first, the traditional thing is, just, is to look at, and of course, they believe in re- reincarnation. So they believe that you know we have been incarnating for uh, countless lifetimes. And that during that time, all beings have cared for us. And you could say that all beings have been kind to me in some way. Or I like to, th- I, I kind of fall for it. That I like to think of it. All beings have been my mother in the past. And mothers are infinitely kind. Infinitely kind. Just, just, to just to carry, um, to carry in, in, in the womb, and then me think of, in in the human form of all the nurturing that takes place afterwards. All the kindness of a mother, you know. I, I had this amazing experience where I was hiking, and there was this deer. I came around the corner, and this deer was really close to me, really close, like ten feet, like to that wall. And um, I was like, oh, wow, beautiful, look at that deer, amazing. And I was just waiting for it to, to jump away, you know? And it didn't. It actually jumped towards me, like a foot. Just it jumped towards me a little bit and then bounded the other way a little bit. I'm like, what's this deer doing? And it bounded <laughs> to me a little bit and then away. Well, then oh, something's up. And then I took a couple more s- steps and I looked and there was a baby Oh. Right behind it. And this deer was trying to get me to chase it. You know, this deer was, this mother deer was sacrificing its life for the baby. You know, it was sitting there protecting it. and It was kind of looking at me like, you know, like, chase me, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, he's trying to get out of the way, you know. Yeah. It's quite amazing. I thought, this is a, this is, this is this is the energy of the mother that I'm thinking of. It would sacrifice itself, you know, for, for the young. So yeah, the first thing is, you know, think about all beings of them have been our mother in the past. This actually, it's actually the second step. It's one of the core philosophies as we go through. It. I'm just going to guide us through it after this. But, um, so. If that doesn't work for you at all, I think, you know what, all beings are kind, and they've been kind to, to somebody, whether it's me or somebody else. All beings have kindness within them, so we're looking, you know, for the universal kindness. And I have a story my friend spent, uh, who was a Tibetan uh, Buddhist monk, and he spent a long time in retreat, and he would do this practice a lot, and he's by himself in, in retreat, and so. You know, a little ant would go by and he'd, oh, mother sentient being, oh, been my mother in the past. Like a little ant, you know, like just have so much devotion for this little ant, you know, really feeling that this ant could have been a precious mother in the past. You know, how beautiful to think. Like, why not, right? And again, sense of connectedness, you know. And we can connect on a, little, a lot of different levels. This is one way to feel a sense of of connection with all beings. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and meditate on this one. <clears throat> The first thing that we're going to feel into is the equality of all beings. And just looking at first, that our friends can sometimes become enemies. And sometimes our enemies can become friends. And strangers can become loved ones. And that every being that we look at, it's really up to us how we want to label that person. Cause Nothing's fixed. Friend, enemy, neutral person. In essence, really all the same. Contemplate just contemplating the possibility that all these beings quite possibly could have been our mother in the past. We don't know. So maybe just entertaining the thought. I'm not omniscient. I don't know. But maybe... You all beings that have cared for us. You may be thinking of all the positive qualities of a mother. Think of the immense sacrifice, the unconditional love. Amazing commitment, selflessness, thinking that all beings have been kind to us in this way. Or bring bringing into yourself kind to you in this way. What if all beings have been kind to you in this way? And thinking this, thinking, wow, if all beings have been kind to me in this way, I must Repay their kindness. Just setting that intention. I must repay their kindness. And maybe being you see is a different opportunity. It could be a smile. It could be holding the door for them. And if they have given me this love, then not only should I repay their kindness, but I should love them. They loved me. I should love all these beings. But they didn't just love me like regular, standard, old love. They had a great love. They were my mother. They would have this great, amazing, unconditional love. I should have great, unconditional love for all beings. Of all these beautiful mother- sentine beings, I'm thinking so many of them are suffering in some way. So I must have compassion, a desire to relieve their suffering, just like they had compassion for me when I was suffering. I know that love and compassion, just the wish for them to be free from suffering is not enough. I have to really know how to free them from their suffering. And the only way to do that is to be enlightened, to be omniscient, so I know exactly how to free each and every being from suffering. Krishna, Christ, Buddha, these beings have been freeing other beings from suffering for thousands of years. I can make a firm commitment that I must reach enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I have to. I must transform my suffering so I could teach others how to transform theirs. I owe it to them, I have to. And just seeing yourself in the here and now, having reached enlightenment. Every being who sees, hears, touches, thinks, or remembers you is freed instantaneously and delivered into intense bliss.